in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? According to the CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. Oh boy, what's going on now? A fan had part of their finger bitten off during a fight in the stands. I saw that. It was quite the brawl at Mullet Arena. Did the finger get bitten off? I don't. <laughs> was it an accident? Was it just your hand happened to swipe across somebody's snaggle tooth? Like you never know it's with hell hockey of players. A snaggle you know, tooth. you take a puck off the beak, you know, sometimes it can be a little broken. Man. It, Lawsuit for sure. There is unfortunately a video of uh, the finger of uh, somebody that was at the game holding the piece of the finger. Stop it. Is that what you put in here? Is that the tweet? That is not the video that is in the run. I mean, I've lost the tip of my finger before you just sew it back on. This was got stuck in a door hinge. Definition of of tip. Like it was. Well, like most of the nails gone. Like look how look how deformed it is. So the 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 thing this person was holding in the video yeah. was basically all the way to the end of the fingernail. Yeah. Like we're talking almost. Yeah. All before the way you to get that. to that first knuckle. Yeah. And the whole thing was gone. Or do you call this a knuckle? Like the little yes. breaks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That first knuckle. I mean, yeah. That's gonna be tough. That's. Oh, it's not gonna look great like aesthetically. This. I did not put it in the right because I saw it once and had to like turn away from my computer. Really? Was, uh, oh, see, I like I'll I'll look at some gore and be like, that's gnarly. That's gonna be a cool it wasn't scar. Even, it wasn't even bloody either. No. It well, was just, and it depends I, on like how much if it's really mangled, they'll just leave it off. Man, how do you how do they know it got bit? I, that's true because you like mine got caught in a door hinge and right. so it could just be like between a seat. I was gonna say you like swing a punch buckle. or something. Yeah, it's like if you actually, it's just as easy to bite through your finger as it is to bite through a baby carrot. That's a fact. Like we could do that. Yeah, yeah but we stop it because our brains are correct. Smart. Survival. We're, we're very smart. Up We've here. learned from our past mistakes. <laughs> unlike bet, this dude. I wonder if he's got uh, teeth prints in his finger. Right? Could you do some DNA but it testing? Came, it came clean off. So. Yeah, but there still might be a mark. It's, not like, it's not like a, a piece of pizza where you can clearly see the teeth bites. It's not flat. It's a little round finger. <laughs> this person had braces. Yeah, it's not like that. Like you clear. I don't know. How do they know it was bit off? I don't understand. I don't know either, but I'm My sure they're going to need the specifics you know for the lawsuit. What? When I had braces, things get stuck in your teeth. Yes! Somebody's picking skin out of their oh! teeth from this guy's finger. Jeez. Literal chunks of flesh. Ah. Why was their mouth God? Okay, go to the next one. Next question. Why did you even put that in here? Uh, the Wild beat the Oilers 2-1 to one last night. Marc-Andre Fleury got the win for Minnesota. Edmonton this year is 16-13-0. and 0. Uh, They don't have an overtime loss, uh, which I find impressive. Uh, they're fourth in the Pacific, though. They would be in as a wildcard team at the moment. 
Do you believe Edmonton's a genuine contender in the West at any point this year? Yes, absolutely. If you got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on your roster, you got a chance every night. And you know what? Like, everybody likes to say, well, it's Evander Kane who really takes this team to the next level. No, it's not. It's Zach Hyman because he always cleans up the garbage and he's skating on the top line right now. He's killer on the power play, mostly because you got to worry about 97 and 29. So 18's wide open. But man, their defensive core scares me. Uh, and their goaltending scares me even more. Stuart Skinner has been mostly the starter all year after they went out and signed Jack Campbell in free agency for like five something million dollars a year. He's been awful. Yeah, that's why I've told you yeah. my GM plan. If I was a GM, I would never give a goalie more than a million dollars. Yeah, it's about yeah. halfway to my GM plan, which is don't spend on free agent goalies in their late 20s yeah, yeah. unless they're homegrown. But um, yeah, they're, they're a scary team that can score in bunches and, and they're the comeback kids of the league. Like there's a lot of themes about comebacks in, in the NHL this year, but they're the ones that lead the way, but they, they have a lot of big time questions and they just haven't been able to get off to as strong of start as they have in previous seasons where they've been able to take advantage of teams whose defensive systems weren't set up. And so that's where you're like, Oh, Carter McDavid has like 50 goals and it's December. Who has a better a group of defensemen right now. Oh, the God. beat up Golden Knights or the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, oh, God, that's a that's a tough question. I like I'd probably <laughs> say the Oilers right now just because they have more continuity. But in terms of their ceiling, like the Golden Knights still have a better ceiling. So are we talking home or away games? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Go deeper into the analysis, Danny. I like it. Next question. Chris Beard has been suspended without pay by the University of Texas. He was arrested yesterday uh, at 4 a.m. and accused of strangling his fiance. The police report um, that has the accusations from his fiance, she says that Chris Beard pushed her off the bed, strangled her, and bit her. Um, so again, Texas did suspend him without pay. Texas actually played a basketball game last night, by the way. They beat Rice in overtime with uh, one of their assistants filling in. Uh, but yeah, so Chris Beard, those are the accusations against him right now. I I don't I, I haven't seen a statement I or anything either. from him. I uh, haven't seen anything, but last night I saw a tweet from somebody who's covering this, and he said that Baird claims that he has audio evidence that this lady was the primary aggressor. And when he was asked if he wants to release it, his response was no. So either so he doesn't the, have it Usually or the excuse shows... of she started it doesn't work. The police report, which again is is his fiance's uh, side of the story. She says that she broke his glasses in half. And they, like, they had been arguing for days before or whatever. Sure. She broke his glasses in half. She... He was mad about it. She was like offering like, here's a different pair of glasses, whatever. And then he slapped her glasses off of her face. And then. So he was so mad that she broke his glasses that he slapped her. Yes. Allegedly. Yes. Is what her side of the story is. I, I guess that could match up with Chris Beard saying he has audio uh, proof. But why would she release it? Also, we're kind of mincing through details when you're just like, this guy's a college coach. Right. Uh, that's because, like, we can talk about, well, what really happened? Who started it? I'm like, there's everybody's got their own take on the morality of, of physical altercations, especially when it's between um, the two sexes. But ultimately, this is a guy who's supposed to be a leader of men or like young men and supposed to be setting the example. And there's any sort of this up in the air in general. I just, 
I disassociate immediately. Yeah. Because you know what? Even if it ends up being okay, I don't really know how we get into a physical altercation to this level if, and that this is like the first time this has ever happened. That's just me. Man, you know, that's a great question. You got the uh, press box transition one? Ooh. It's always a fun one to go to. Might need a minute. Okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That was a good enough Wait transition on me. UNLV kicker Daniel Gutierrez is entering the NFL draft. UNLV could have a kicker drafted. This is officially what I'm cheering for. If you're unaware, UNLV has not had a player drafted in over a decade. Really? It is the longest stretch in uh, among Division One teams to not have a player drafted. They've actually had a couple of guys declare. Adam Plant might get drafted as well, so they actually have a couple of guys that could get drafted. But I am hoping it is Daniel Gutierrez who breaks the streak and gets drafted because he's a really good kicker. Like I don't. Sometimes college guys go to the NFL and it, for whatever reason doesn't translate. I don't know. It's supposed it should be easier. The hashes are closer in the NFL. But uh, I'm hoping he goes because he could be an actually really good NFL kicker. Yeah, I'm looking at the graphic of his statement that uh, you provided to us on Twitter. Hell of an action photo as well. Great leg definition. You got the extension there. It seems like the holders got everything figured out. Laces out, you know. So I, best of luck to him. It'd be great for that program because you need any sort of positive momentum. And uh, I guess just PR as you can get. I'm out. Number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham, is having season-ending surgery on his shin. Uh, Cade Cunningham was Ugh. the number one overall pick by the Pistons in the 2021 NBA draft. He's averaging, or was averaging, 19.9 points per game this season, but his season is now done. Uh, shin surgery sounds, not that any surgery is not painful, but shin surgery sounds, like, awful. Yeah, pretty much. Because you just, like, think of the shin as this this bone that shouldn't be fragmenting. Like, whenever I get right. shin splints and stuff, you're like, what's happening? It's like it's literally, like, snowing off of your bone. It's totally fine. But, you know, a lot of these guys are getting really unique, like, fine-tuning surgeries at a young age. And I'm always kind of like, oh, Greg Oden effect, you don't know. These guys are jumping a lot, and, and they're training at a different level as they're growing up. So their development is not disrupted. It's just... I got really bad hips because I worked certain parts of my hips for my entire life, and I can't get that back in terms of being a well-rounded individual. And so, and these guys have millions of dollars on their footsies, and so hopefully it's a it's a quick recovery time. But this is like every year; it's one of the top five picks. There's some something going on with the ankle, with the foot, with the shin. Yeah, it happens to basketball players. Yeah, I know, but it's just like you're not supposed to be having these things. You know, it's like Tommy John at 19. Maybe we shouldn't have been throw, throwing so many fastballs when we were 14, maybe. No, nah, everybody comes back from Tommy John just fine. Easy peasy. Get we'll, get it, we'll get it preventatively. Get it when you're 12. It's yeah. easy. Get just, just line up the UCLs from other people and just get them ready to go. Just get you the stem just, cells ready in a yeah, Petri yeah. dish ahead of time. No problem. So We're not that far off. Do not do not mistake it. We'll see if the Pistons can end up with Victor Webanyama because this is a, <laughs> Everybody's taking This is a Victor. very good move to tank. It's yes. like, oh, guy's averaging 20. Let's sit him down Such for a good the rest athlete. of the year. He could translate across all spaces. Be a great hockey player, I bet. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. <laughs> Debo Samuel is not expected to miss the rest of the season. That according to NBC Sports in the Bay Area, he's expected to return at some point in the regular season. Brock Purdy's going to have all these weapons. Oh, McCaffrey, Tom Brady Jr.? Debo, Brandon Ayuk. Man. Yeah. George Kittle, forgot about him. I have McCaffrey and Ayuk on my fantasy team, and it's paid off in recent weeks.
Purdy might break 200 passing yards. Could you imagine? Get the gold jacket ready. Let's get those <laughs> measurements out. Bring the tape. I think the 49ers are the best team that plays hurt in the league. Yeah, the Chargers don't play well hurt. No, most teams don't. But like San Francisco doesn't really play that high of scoring games in general. And so when you miss a couple of your stars, like, ah, just got to get 12 points again. We'll be good to go. Ravens got hurt a lot last year and ended up missing the playoffs. Just with the running backs, though, mostly. They might be hurt again this year. Um, yeah, Lamar's omission is slightly yeah, large. The 49ers do kind of The brain trust that is Shanahan. Maybe it's just the effect. Else. Is anybody else dealing with ridiculous injuries I right mean, now? Cowboys went five weeks without Prescott and went four Yeah, but and Cooper one. Rush took some time off from the Disney Channel and led him to the promised land. It was amazing. It was. It was fantastic. It's, Kept my bed alive. Cooper Rush is basically Brock Birdie. But better. Cooper Rush is better than Brock Purdy? Yeah. Oh, wow. You've been know. on the Brock Purdy hype train this whole morning. I thought this was I was be... on the hype train for seven minutes. We'll see if Brock Purdy can go four and one as a starter. Brock Purdy and Tom Brady have the same number of syllables in their names, so I expect success. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's, everybody else is making grandiose statements connecting those two, so why not? Tom Brady sucks now, though. He does. He's an old man. Unbelievable. Who is... Got some alimony payments, probably. I wonder if they got that part of the divorce. I wonder if there's any payments going either way, considering how much money he just lost in the crypto bit. It's me playing forever. She should be paying him? No. Did That's what get- I mean. They don't need to pay each other because they're both ridiculously rich in their own right. I mean, she's more rich than him in her own right than he is. Can you imagine being a judge and deciding how much Tom Brady has to pay Giselle or how much Giselle has Ugh. to pay Tom Brady for child support? A million dollars a month. I'd just be like, no, you guys both have this figured out. Neither one of you is paying. Maybe the they other did. They, it, it got done pretty quick, so I think that they had it drawn up pretty simply. Hey, I'm gonna take my crap. You take your crap, and we're good. Yeah, I mean, I'll live li- across the they street. They live across the street yeah. now, so the kids could just walk across. It's not like you gotta drive them to the next the next county or whatever. Yeah, separate right. bikes. Those though. driveways are probably pretty long. Might be a long walk. Hell of a cul-de-sac. All right, coming up next, Kyler Murray left last night's game with a likely ACL tear. Gets hit, arm is hit, ball flutters, picked off by Simmons at the 40-yard line and tackled at the 37. Cam Thomas and Boda Baker were both in the backfield. Thomas swiped at the throwing arm of Mac Jones. The ball fluttered into the air, picked off by Simmons. Connor the deep back, and it's a run play up the middle. Connor down to the five, pushing his way to the two, diving to the one, and close to the end zone when they call it a touchdown. They do! What a run by James Connor! He drops back, pressure, throws down the caught by Hopkins, crossing near side. Pulls Hunch loose! Got it! Picked up by the Patriots, down the right side, running into the end zone! Touchdown! Touchdown. New England! A scoop and score for Raekwon we're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Featuring Lindsey Brown. Patriots defense dominated a Colt McCoy-led Patriots, or excuse me, Cardinals team yesterday because Kyler Murray left the game on the first drive. He uh, likely has a torn ACL, a season-ending injury, a non-contact injury for Kyler Murray. Uh, the Cardinals 4-8 going into last night, so it's not like their season was going anywhere. But a tough break for Kyler Murray, and we'll see when he is able to come back from that for next season. Uh, But you you have a Cliff Kingsbury hot take, a little bit of a hot take? Okay, this is kind of bad to say, or at least bad to think. 
But this is how my brain works. No, no, Lindsay, I watch I watch the NFL with my fantasy football team in mind. And if somebody that I'm playing against gets hurt, I died. My first reaction is that's good. Okay. So don't don't feel like what you're about I to say has any bad morality for, behind it. For Kyler Murray and anybody that goes through an injury like that, that's super devastating. All of that. But at the same time, doesn't his injury kind of secure Cliff Kingsbury's job for this season at least? Because they weren't going anywhere fast this year, as you said. They're they're terrible record, terrible home record specifically. I think they have one win at home this year. What are they, the Golden Knights? Yeah, seriously though. And high expectations. You sign uh, uh, Kyler Murray to a big deal. You have J.J. Watt. You have Buda Baker. You have a, a lot of talent on that team and nothing but disappointment in a division that's not nearly as strong as it was last year in the NFC West. And so I would have considered Cliff Kingsbury a pretty good candidate to be let go. Maybe not during the season, but after the season. Because what's his fourth year? Uh, yeah, fourth, fifth he year? Is, yeah, 28, 33, and 1 Yeah, overall. that's not going to usually cut it for an organization that has a quote-unquote franchise quarterback. And so I think if Kyler plays the rest of the season, they continue down the road, which is basically losing most of their games, that he gets fired. But now you kind of have a built-in excuse. And if anything, you're like, well, look how well Colt McCoy can can play in our stead. And isn't that a reflection of us preparing him and, and the system that we have implemented? That excuse did not work for Pete DeBoer about seven months ago. Um, Facts. I don't think it matters. I think Cliff Kingsbury is gone either way. Okay. And if if I were making the decision in Arizona, I would be looking at the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Giants. Three teams that have quarterbacks that you can pretty easily argue are as good as Kyler Murray, if not worse than mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Maybe not a special because he's more of a specialty player. And those three teams have offenses that have exceeded expectations because the coaching staff has done a good job of building around their quarterback. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is incredible. They this hit year. so big on Tua, him. Tua can't throw the ball. Like down that he doesn't have arm strength, but he has and great that, accuracy. And that offense is incredible, right? And then Daniel Jones and the Giants. I don't think they're actually that good, but this is Daniel Jones and Brian Dable. This is the best he's looked, right? Like, Correct. Those are if you are going to have. It doesn't even have to be a franchise quarterback. If you're going to have a quarterback that's not just complete garbage, right? If you're running out, uh, whatever the tech they had Jeff, Jeff Driscoll against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got Jeff Driscoll, whatever. But if you have what you think is a great quarterback or even just a good quarterback, whoever your offensive coaches are, whether it's the head coach or it's just the offensive coordinator and the, and the staff, you have to be able to build around that. Kyler Murray's good enough that when you look at what the Eagles are doing, the Dolphins are doing, you've got to be able to say, well, okay, they can do that with Tua. They can do that with Jalen Hurts. Why Why are we not even close? Right. Like, what? why do we suck? And those teams and those offenses are so good. So if I'm in the shoes to make the decision on Cliff Kingsbury, it's easy. He's gone because yeah. this has to be better. Like it has to be better with Kyler Murray getting, cause they gave him the contract. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. So Cliff Kingsbury in my mind is gone. And I'm trying to find, I don't know what the key factors are to, to find these type of coaches, 
But I'm trying to find the Mike McDaniel, the Brian Dable, the guys that look like young the, offensive upstart. Right. Hey, they can make this quarterback. And Cliff was that good. guy. He Supposed was that guy a, a few years ago. And that's where it's like we're very much prisoners of the moment. And the, and the Eagles and the Dolphins are very good teams this year. And the Giants are OK. You see a lot of success. But I always like to see these guys get a couple years under them because there's something about being a surprise in the league. And nobody has the book on you. You're seeing all the schemes, all the decision making that these coaches have for the first time and then the same thing with the players under that coach. So I don't know how sustained the success will be for Nick Sirianni, for Mike McDaniel, for Brian Dayball. But Cliff never really had the level of success that not any of those guys have had early on in his tenure. He had a rebuild right away and probably started from the most negative space uh, comparatively to like Sean McVay, who had a number one overall pick, already had Aaron Donald, all these other players. And so I just think Cliff has been given the chance, probably better chance than most guys get in this league in terms of we we got you in here early, we gave you the keys, and you still haven't gotten anything done. Because as much as we're a prisoner of the moment, you're the prisoner of the of the cell that you walk into as well. He's had the one, he's probably had the most reign to make the roster in his image, and he still hasn't been able to get it done. Let me ask you this about the Raiders and the head coach quarterback. The other new dynamic. head coach the, yeah. on the other side of the spectrum. The head coach quarterback dynamic. Uh, Derek Carr has not been noticeably better this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit worse, but he kind of is who he has been the majority of his career. That's what he's done this season. How bad of a sign is that for the Raiders with Josh McDaniels, their head coach, that he hasn't elevated Carr to a different level? I mean, I, I don't think it's a great sign, but I don't know how, if it's the same task that they were asking McDaniels to do because when you have a young quarterback, you're trying to shape them. Like the the job that McDaniel, without an S, has done on Tua in the terms of his mentality and his confidence, like there's been a lot of narrative around that. Like Derek Carr, we've always kind of known who he is, and he's a serviceable guy that at sometimes can be great, but sometimes can be scary. And so this is where a few weeks ago we made up like a, basically a joking segment or, or a point during the segment asking, are the Raiders truly giving Derek Carr a, a fair chance, a fair shot? And with that, you could spin off of into this as well as is McDaniels trying to bring out a different level of car? Because sometimes you're just going into a situation and seeing what the player can do before you start changing things. And I just don't know if that's in McDaniels's mindset this season. Because the interesting part for the Raiders is if you look beyond this season, yeah. who is their quarterback next Exactly. Year, it's a right? temporary s- situation right now it, still. It might still be Carr. Carr yep. very easily could be back next season in the next two, uh, given the contract. And if he is back next season, the guaranteed money in the contract probably means he's back for the following season too. But there is a chance the Raiders move on from Carr, mm-hmm. trade him, or just release him in that three-day window, whatever it is. And then if we're trying to figure out what happens next for the offense, if you believe Josh McDaniels can do what Mike McDaniel did with mm-hmm. Tua, or even just what Brian Dable did with Daniel Jones, then drafting a rookie quarterback should be a great idea for the Raiders right. because, hey, your coach can build the offense In his and make image. him look good. Yep. But I don't know if we should believe McDaniels can do that because it hasn't been any different with Carr. You could look at Mac Jones, who was much better last year than he is this year. But I think most people would say, well, Matt Patricia's calling the place for him this year. So, literally reverse so engineering Mc, this. McDaniels is better than Patricia isn't the same as McDaniels is going to be good enough to bring out the best in a rookie quarterback. So right. I just, 
from what we've seen, it's hard to expect if they move on from Carr that Josh McDaniels will do what Mike McDaniel did, what the Eagles are doing, what right. Brian Dable did. Like, it's hard to just have confidence that'll happen. It might still happen, but it's hard to just believe straight up. Oh, yeah, of course, he'll do that if they draft a rookie, which makes it harder to move on from Carr because your quarterback might be atrocious if you do. Right, and he's walking into a situation where he's trying to implement a very uh, nuanced system, a very complicated system that we're told, like, based off of my read in Miami and in, in New York, they're trying to simplify because the last few years haven't been going well for either one of those organizations. And so it's just, it's a different type of Lego building set that we're trying to do in Las Vegas. And either way, it seems like we're missing pieces and that the, the directions are ripped up a little bit as well. All right. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. It's unacceptable. And um, we got to be better, you know, no matter who's out there operating, no matter who's in, um, you know, obviously there's some guys that, our backups that are, are getting a lot of time. We just got to execute at a high level. And when you have a chance to make plays, you got to make them. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Featuring Lindsey Brown. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at 4 Check him out at Yahoo Sports. Um, Charles, I need to know if you are willing to be in charge of a very important committee that decides what accessories players can wear after you said that Gerald Everett isn't good enough to rock the single digit dark visor combo. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, this is, uh, this is my, uh, my wheelhouse. Like when I played Madden franchise, I spend more time like customizing the players to make sure they all look good. Uh, than I do actually playing the game because here's the problem with, with Madden too. Like you'll, you'll get like some offensive lineman wearing like, Joe Montana sleeves, and that—that's not right. Like, you, if, if you don't if you don't look good, then you don't play good. It's just—it's just a fact. But unfortunately, with, with Gerald Everett, he's trying to like force his way into playing good by looking good. The the th- there's there's no there's no doubt that you have the, the robot uh, face mask, dark visor, number seven, a shooter sleeve. It's a great look, but you got to catch the ball, man. Like. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that's fair. Uh, if, if you're not going to catch the ball, then you need to. Do you guys remember uh, Nick O'Leary? He was the the old tight end from FSU, uh, and he didn't wear anything. Like all he just wore was a helmet. No no sleeves, no gloves, no nothing. Like that that's how you're going to look if you can't catch the ball. But if you're going to dress up like. Gerald Everett ever did, you got to be making some people miss out there. I feel like that's the only fair. How much blame do his teammates deserve? Because I feel like they should step up and say, listen, you, you can't dress like that unless you're going to catch the ball. They should have brought a 47 jersey to his locker the next day. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you can work your way back to seven. I remember, okay, I remember when I was in college, uh, I played football at Gettysburg College. Uh, and I was a defensive end, and I wore number 96, right? I picked number 96 because uh, the first year I got there, I had always wanted a jersey in the 90s because in high school I had to play offensive line too. So I wore 71 in high school, 96 in college. And, then, you know, I, I played a lot as a freshman, so I figured I had some, some cachet to maybe get that jersey number changed, and number seven was open. You know, my favorite player ever is Michael Vick. So uh, I remember I asked my coach if uh, – if I could wear number seven, and he asked me if I dropped like 0.5 times off my 40 time over uh, summer break. Easy ask. No. And 96 is where I stuck. 
Oh, that's hilarious. All the things that we do to get into the numbers that that mean something to us. My number was 35, and so I basically made it a, a selling point for my entire brand. But that's neither here nor there. I heard someone call Josh Allen a Jeep Wrangler of a football player. If that's true, who's the Subaru Outback of the NFL? Wow. Subaru out. Well, I mean, well, let me ask you guys this first. How do you guys feel about Subaru Outbacks? I think they're durable. I think they're reliable. I mean, they're not the they're, they're not the flashiest old, right? of. You know, they're not what? They're, they they can you know like when I think of a Subaru Outback, I think of like the old cars that me and my friends used to you know do our gasly deeds in high school, where you weren't oh. sure if the engine is going to make it down the highway. And to me, that's kind of where Tom Brady is right now. Oh. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's a, it's look. He's still got his moments where everything's going good and and it looks okay, but then. Sometimes you have to drive up a hill, and that hill has Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and D'Amico Ryan's trying to stop you from getting to the top, and you don't get anywhere close. But then you hit a level playing. You know, you're playing the Falcons, you're playing the Panthers, you're playing some of these other teams, and, and it, it, it all works out for you. So I think my version of a Subaru Outback would be uh, would be Tom Brady because I just kind of associate those with very old cars. Is uh, throwing to Panay Sewell on a third down to help seal the game, uh, it's obviously insane. Is it insanely smart or insanely stupid? Uh, it's smart because it works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I, 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 okay, I, I will give the lines this. I will give the lines this. There are so few offensive tackles that I would be willing to trust to throw a pass to. Not, not even with the game on the line. Let's, let's call it first and ten, the first play of the game, uh, where the stakes are much lower. But they do have, to their credit, one of the most athletic offensive linemen in the league. Uh, really a guy who has been known for his athleticism going back into uh, going back all the way back to high school. Uh, so, look, if you're going to give it, if you're going to give anyone a shot there, I think Penesul will be on you know my short list of guys uh, to 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 let them have a, a shot in uh, in that in that specific case. But man, if that doesn't work, like if he drops it, if he drops the ball, you can't blame Penesul for that. Like <laughs> that's not what he does. Uh, he doesn't. He I, I can imagine that the only time Penesul ever catches passes are, like, let's say the two or three times they practice that play this year or just warm-ups before practice when all your lineman buddies are seeing, hey, you know, I could play cornerback, I could play receiver, I could play quarterback, I, I could do all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I think what's most, most actually, like, impressive about the play is uh, he, he turned back towards the ball and kind of caught it and then went upfield. You know, that that was a, a pretty natural, smooth uh receiving motion and I and to me it, it was just another moment like wow these guys that play now are just so <laughs> unbelievably athletic where you know you, if you've seen them practice like I guess the Lions felt like they could reasonably trust a 330-335 pound offensive tackle to make an athletic play in space which is not really where the game has has always been but I will say as someone who's not in the line of fire anymore it's very fun to watch. Are the Tennessee Titans a legitimate contender, or has A.J. Brown single-handedly closed their window? <laughs> no, they, they're not a contender, and they never were contender. Uh, they, the, the, I, I think the Titans have this. They have one of, if you know, one of the elite coaches in the game. Because to me, over the past, let's call it 
I mean, this season's almost over, so we can call it two seasons. Over the past two seasons, I I really can't think of a team that has kind of uh, put this nice, like, outperformed mm. the expectation based on, on the players they have on their roster. Uh, I, like, I, I think when you look, like, top to bottom, uh, the Tennessee Titans roster is about on par with where the Jaguars are right now, uh, and I think even the Titans thought that about themselves because if you remember the offseason, they, they did hit a, a mini-rebuild. I, I know that part of that was due to John Robinson absolutely low-balling A.J. Brown by, I think, about $9 million fewer uh, than he ended up getting from the Eagles. So, you know, you end up trading uh, him to Philadelphia. You take Trelon Burks in the first round. You trade him from Malik Willis on the second day of the draft. It, it kind of seemed like they had looked at their roster to a degree and said, you know, we got the number one seed, but we're not actually like the normal quality of uh, of a number one seed. So maybe we can start thinking for the future. And here they are, 76 in first place in the AFC South. I know they've dropped the last three games, but, uh, but you know, you're, you're still two games ahead in the AFC South. You still control your future. You got games against the Chargers and Texans coming down the pipeline. So those are two uh, winnable games for for a team of this stature, I, I think it's really impressive the job that Mike Vrabel has been able to pull off over the past couple of years. And if they can actually get, you know, some some more talent on that roster, I think that they could be a force that can go blow to blow with Trevor Lawrence uh, over the next few years. All right. Uh, before we let you go, Charles, uh, it would be a mistake on our part to not just let you talk about Desmond Ritter getting to start for the Falcons. Uh, made it. <laughs> like I look, I was wrong about one thing. I thought the Falcons had like two quality quarterbacks on the roster this year, just based on how things looked in the preseason. Uh, Mariota, like he had his moments, but I think you saw over the past you know month or so that this was not something that was going to be viable for uh, long term. Um, and at some point, you know, if, if you're you're five and eight, but realistically, you're still a game out, which is sad to say. You're still a game out from being in the playoffs because NFC South is so crap. Um, so I was kind of afraid that they were just going to ride this out and stick with Mariota uh, and kind of lose sight of the bigger picture. But uh, they they started uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, started Desmond Ritter. Uh, his first game, first game is going to be against the Saints in the Superdome. Uh, that's a that's a, a big game with. Maybe not a lot of uh, stakes as far as the NFL season goes, but it's got a lot of emotional stakes, and everyone knows that the, the Saints and Falcons really, really, really uh, do not like each other, so that's a, a pretty big game for him to come step in. I I, I, I thought the most interesting thing, uh, Josh Kendall from The Athletic just reported this. I saw this before you guys called me, where uh, apparently Marcus Mariota has just, like, left the Falcons. Uh, oh. oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> Arthur Smith said that he uh, he informed Ritter and Mariota on last Thursday that um, Desmond Ritter was going to be the starter. And Friday morning, Mariota said that uh, he was going to step away from the team. So I, I I don't know what Marcus Mariota has done this season to think that <laughs> that he should be, he should he deserve to act like that or his career. Uh, yeah, or a career, really. Like, if, if you think that you've done a good enough job to keep this, to keep this, then I feel like you should you should probably stick around. Leaving is not uh, going to, to to help anything out, really. So uh, I, we'll, we'll see if Marcus comes back. But as of now, 
I'm 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 glad it's over. 13 games. It, it, I I think it was worth the chance to see if he could come in and play, come in and run your system after uh, uh, after you traded Matt Ryan to the Colts, but didn't work out. And now we get to see if Ritter can be the guy. Uh, I I actually don't really feel strongly either way on if Ritter can be uh, the Falcons quarterback or not. I think his preseason was uh, it was interesting enough that he should have a little bit higher stock than most third round picks. But at the same time. You just need to find out if he sucks or not so you can figure out what to do next offseason for quarterback play. Follow him on Twitter, at 4 He's Charles McDonald. Uh, good luck against the Saints, Charles. All right, see ya. So there is Charles McDonald from Yahoo on the NFL. And now we have tickets to give away to go see Five Finger Death Punch. They're playing at Michelob Ultra Arena this Saturday with Brantley Gilbert. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go see Five Finger Death Punch this Saturday. Be caller number nine right now at 702-364-1100. Sarika, do what was unthinkable months ago. And the U.S. are national champions for the first time in program history. Forgotten about, left behind, 12 transfers from all over the country have come together to etch their names in history and never be forgotten again. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Featuring Lindsey Brown. Congratulations to Daniel. He won tickets to go see Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, Later in the show, we are going to have tickets to go see the Golden Knights and Blues. We are also going to have tickets to go to the Las Vegas Bowl. So stay tuned if you want to go to some sporting events. Are you sure about the legitimacy of this uh, winning guy? Because, I mean, there's there's a Daniel sort of cabal almost, you could say. Gave it to himself. I I don't know. I trust that our promotions department would catch it if Danny put his own name in. To win something. I'm just maybe it's not Danny's name, but it's just like why is it just only the Daniels can win? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I do I believe enjoy yesterday. talking to a fellow Daniel. Do you? Not really. Okay. It's, I don't know. Do you I, go by Daniel? No. No. There's only I think one person who's ever like actually called me that mm-hmm. consistently. Most people just call me Danny. Oh, hold on, I got couple. I got questions. All right. First off, who's <laughs> yes. the one person? I'm trying to remember. You can't, can't remember who? No. It's not your mom. No, it's not. That was only when I got in trouble. Yeah. You can't remember who called you like there's one person. No. Can't remember that guy. I'm trying to remember who. <laughs> I can't remember. Like a teacher or something like that. I it, go by your your given name, your your legal name. It might have been a teacher. I can't remember. All right. My second important question. Uh I'm guessing you didn't make this decision. I'm guessing this is just what people called you, but what what what's the choice between Daniel, Danny, and Dan? Because you have three options there. Only only like Three people in the world call me Dan, and they're all my uncles. Mm. So that's I, that's not a name. I, think I it's ever age go dependent by. too. Like Danny's a little bit younger, and Dan is like when you're older, a little bit more established. Like yeah, my name's Dan. When you're sixty, are you gonna be Dan? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> Millennial problems. Just going two years at a time. Very, very important because not many names can be cut into three different things. And we oh, call yeah. you Ty. Uh, nobody calls me that, um, because when I was in high school, I don't know if this is why, but when I was in high school, there was a tie, an actual tie. Yeah. Yeah. So he was tie. Uh, actually in high school, I just got called by my last name anyway. So, oh really? Wouldn't have mattered. Oh yeah. Even like 
Yeah, even just the teachers. You have like a more complicated like Bischoff. Like it's Bischoff, it's it doesn't yeah. exactly roll off. Yeah. It's not an easy name to just no, like was, exclaim. Yeah, so no, I was head just, down in the trenches in school or you I don't know. Class clowny or anything? A little, little class clown clowny. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you have any nicknames? From teachers or I mean Bischoff is very easy to go with some lewd nicknames. So yes. Okay. I had some nicknames, but not like from teachers. It was just Bischoff for no, the most right. part. And that was it. But yeah, that's uh glad we could share this moment together. This is very Get to know each other. Yeah. Did you have any names? I you had plenty of nicknames. Lindsay, well, not Lindsay, no, but Brown Brownie, I had Brownie Face, Brown Town. Like a lot of people around here call me downtown, but mostly people in hockey. Who calls Be- you downtown? William Ramirez calls me downtown, <laughs> Lindsay Brown. Uh Clay Baker called me downtown, Lindsay Brown the other day. It's catching on. That's too many syllables. I, I know. Well, it's you know, it's the old MTV VJ downtown Julie Brown, and so it's an easy play, but um, only hockey people from Minnesota call me Brownie because when I went when I was out in the East Coast, everybody called me Linz or Lindsay. So yeah. Was there another Brown on the team? No. Brownie's more fun to say. Than well, even Linz. if there was, there's there's just one singular presence that everyone knows when they're referring oh, to. And that's that's the old thirty five. I do have an important question for you, Lindsay. Excellent. My brother named one of his children Lind Lee. Whoa. Which is Lindsay, but there's sub out an S and sub in a uh, L. L-E-Y? L-I-N-D-L-E-Y. Interesting. I've never heard that in my life. People Not are once. getting creative with names these days. Right. At least you didn't go like L-I-N-D-L-E-I-G-H because now everybody's like <laughs> Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. Just gets really complicated. You know what? It's the name. It's whatever. But it's just sometimes we got to spell things how they sound. I feel like you should be offended by somebody being named Lindley. No, I'm like more a, offended by people being named Lindsay and then spelling it A-Y or having an L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y. Like that just seems sinful almost. <laughs> I was trying to think of a word and that's the one that came up. Wait, what is more common, E-Y or A-Y? I probably think A-Y is, but that just means you're, you're, you're basic. Outlier. Yeah, hell yeah, I am. I Honestly, just from my experiences, I don't know if it's this or not, but... I almost think that might be regional because when I lived on the probably. East Coast, it was all AYs. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved out of here, I saw all EYs. No, you're probably not wrong. There's And, and that's the same with the Lee spelling. You know, it's it just depends on what everybody's into. The what spelling? The Lee. Oh, like the, Lee. The Lee. Yeah, yeah. L-E-A. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, I was going to be like Lauren or Ashley. And thank God my mom settled on Lindsay because I would just been so basic just with everybody else in my generation. Because there's a lot of Ashleys, a lot of Laurens. I mean, you didn't exactly get unique with Lindsay. Lindsay's pretty. It's not out there, out there, but it's definitely not common. I mean, I guess it's not as common as Lauren. It's not but Tyler. Tyler Everybody's named Ty- Danny. It's biblical. It is One biblical. in six guys are named Daniel. Every every male in my family was named after somebody in. Yeah, Matthew, in the Mark, Bible. Luke, John, Adam. David. Bring them out. My first name was almost Frederick. Fred, really? It's actually my middle name now. But yeah, nice. my dad absolutely wanted to name me Frederick, but my mom said that's not going to be If you were named name. Freddy w- Frederick, would you go by Frederick or Freddy or Fred? Uh, my two sisters and my fiance call me Freddy. They call you Freddy? Yeah. You have an alter ego named Freddy. Hmm. Yeah. We can they, do something so with that. I do get called Freddy. Um, but I don't see my sisters a whole lot. And to be fair, my fiance doesn't actually say any of my names most of the time. What does she call you? 
What's her name for you? Everybody has their couple name. Hey. Hey. Babe. Hey, you, babe. Like, nothing special. I like the babe. Babe like, is good. It's just that. Hey, but babe. Unless she needs like the sriracha from the top shelf. 